With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Baby, wait on the Lord. They shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. And they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk not faint, and they shall. I'm going 
the Holy Spirit have complete control over our lives. And in doing so, in, in, in submitting our lives, because, you know, the Bible says to present yourselves as living sacrifices, which is our reasonable service. Um, because, you know, the Bible says obedience is more than sacrifice. And I know I'm throwing a lot of scriptures out there, but to emphasize the point, what we see happen in our own lives, in our own hearts, is the biggest miracle. The Bible says um, in Revelation they overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their lives unto death. And, you know, we, we pray for signs and wonders on this show. And anytime the Lord can be glorified, anytime we can see the Lord Jesus Christ, his name being exalted and lifted up, anytime we can have the honor and the ability to pray for people um, and see them get healed, which we have a lot, and anytime we see lives um, changed in that way, um, it's it's always amazing. And we always give all the glory and honor to Jesus because none of us, neither me or Chris or um, Paul, none of us are stupid enough to believe that any of this has anything to do with us. And that may sound harsh, but it's true. Um, we're three people just like all of you that are out there, whether you have a Block Talk radio show or whether you don't. Um, whether you're in the ministry or whether you're not, um, it doesn't matter because God is not a respecter of persons. It's the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that does everything. All the power comes through him and through the name of Jesus Christ. And all we are is just um, vessels, uh, willing instruments who um, submitted ourselves um, to the Lord, asking for him to use us, which um, we all, every one of us, even and that's listening, everyone has that opportunity because you're all filled with the same Holy Spirit. Um, and so once you place your trust in the Lord, um, you can see miraculous things happen all around you, things that you wouldn't believe, things that other people will say don't happen, things that people will in this world will think are crazy, but we know they're not crazy because we know the God in whom we served. As the um, scripture says, I know in whom I I believe. I've believed. I know in whom I've put my trust. I know um, the first verse was, I know in whom I've believed. I'm throwing the rest in there. But, you know, you know who it is that you trust in. You know, there's that seed. Um, Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, if you would ask me and, and knew who it was who asked you to give me a drink, you would have asked me. He would have given you living water, um, living water flowing um, up like a fountain of, and a river flowing up into everlasting life. And, you know, um, one thing I've noticed is that, that no matter what you do, because all of us at one point in time, even after being saved, have always have all struggled with something, um, whether it's something really simple or it's some huge sin or something that the Lord has had to walk you through, something the Lord has had to deliver you from, some part of your life that wasn't pleasing him, that he's, um, he's convicted you of or tried to... Um, guide you away from and try to lead you away from and through his grace and mercy he always um, gives us the victory through Christ Jesus um, but we all know what it's like to be really close to the Lord at times and not always be so close to the Lord And um, but no matter what happens you know the Bible says where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence and you know when the psalmist said that he was David he was coming to the realization that you know it really doesn't matter what happens we pay a lot of attention to our surroundings and our lives and the things that happen in our lives. And 
what's going to happen here and what's going to happen tomorrow and how is this going to happen. We always want to figure out every little step of the way, every little detail. You know, the Bible says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible says that um, Jesus is the light that was that came into this world and he gives light to all men. It also said he's the word. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So my interpretation of the um, the word is a lamp to my feet and the light to my path is Jesus. Jesus is your path. He's the direction you should go. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you want the path in front of you, let up, put your eyes on Jesus because he's the true source of all light, the true source of all hope. And if you want your path to go straight, your eyes have to be focused upon him. Um, and all of us are like that. And, you know, it's funny because... Um, one of my favorite movies, I like I like watching old movies like um, Mary Poppins and um, things like that. Um, um, the Wizard of Oz, one of my um, favorite movies. And, you know, because a lot of times you'll watch movies and they'll remind you of Christian life and life in general, um, much the way that music does. Um, is that, you know, um, they're all going to see the wizard and we'll just say the wizard is, is God and they're all going on the wizard and um, they all have something they want from the Lord. Um, they're all wanting the Lord to do something for him. And all they have to do is walk on this path. Cause, and even like all these like um, little, um, what are they called? Um, the munchings. All the munchings. We'll just consider those like the scripture says that we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses to lay aside the, the sin that so easily snares us. And then it also says in the multitude of counselors there is safety. Well, so we'll just consider that the munchkins are, are like all those angels and witnesses and those um, where it says um, the multitude of counselors and there is safety. And they're, everybody's saying, you know, go this way. Follow the yellow brick road. Even even everything they know says you need to stay on this yellow brick road until you get to the, see the to see the king and the wizard and which we're assuming is Jesus at the moment for the story's sake. And you know they're going and everything's great and you know they have the enemy who we'll say is the wicked witch and who's trying to like um, torture them and bring fear on them. But they're not. They don't need to be afraid because what they no one ever told them because they were afraid. No one ever told them that. Um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. So they're trying to go on the Shalabic road. They have this focus, which is to go to see the king and the and the and the witches coming in, and she's sitting in and all her minions, which we'll consider her demons, and trying to bring fear into them and try to scare them. But their eyes need to be focused on the king. And all of a sudden, they see flowers in the field, and they're like, "Oh wow!" So they turn their head to the side, even though they obviously never read Joshua, um, where. The Lord said to Joshua, he said, um, was Joshua in Deuteronomy, it says, um, turn out to the left, turn to the right. It says, meditate on this word day and night, for then you'll make your world prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Or like you said to Joshua, as as with Moses, I'll be with you. Also, um, do not be afraid nor dismayed, for I, I am with you wherever you go. Only be strong and of good courage. And, you know, God said that over and over again to Joshua. He said, be strong, be of good courage. I am with you wherever you go. No matter what happens, no matter who the enemy is, no matter what the battle is, no matter what the mountain is, I am with you wherever you go. I am God. Be still and know that I am God. But so Dorothy and everybody and all her friends um, who are somewhat in unity, which is good because it's better than most of the church nowadays, they get distracted, they go in the field, and they fall asleep and they slumber. Well, and they, because obviously they read the Bible that says to, to um, it says um, the day is far spent, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Um, 
cast off the works of darkness, um, be vigilant. Um, you, um, and I'm going through a couple of scriptures, but I mean, be vigilant because your enemy, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, the Bible does not say that the devil's a roaring lion. It says he walks around like a roaring lion, pretending to be something that he's not, so that he can bring fear and condemnation and shame on the body of Christ, not because it's going to have any effect but to turn them away from the living God and to turn their heads away from the living God. Because men have a tendency, all of us, to have the same characteristics, um, things that are inherited um, from our fathers and those who we've learned from. And which is why the Bible says, train a kid up in the way he must go, or he should go, and when he's old, he's not to part with it. And so if you instill into your children the words of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the love of the Lord, the reverence and integrity and honor for the Lord and for the name of God, then, you know, when, they're gonna, when they grow old, they won't depart from it. And, but, you know, like the devil remembers that we're men. And so he goes back all the way to the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve are walking with the Lord, something all of us desire to do, walking face-to-face -face with the Lord, being able to hear his voice, being able to see his face, being in the actual presence of the living God and having communion and a relationship with him, which got screwed up, and then we didn't have it until Jesus Christ came, died on the cross, and opened and gave us open access to the Father, which is why it says, Come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. But Adam and Eve sinned. And the devil brought shame upon them and condemnation and fear of the Lord. And so they turned and they hid. But yet the Father was still looking for them. The Father was still seeking out, calling out their names, saying, where are you? Where are you at? Come walk with me. Where are you? And you know, the Lord already knew what they did. They couldn't hide it from him. But he was still looking for them, still calling, still wanting that relationship, still wanting that fellowship. You know, the Bible says pretty much none of us searched out God. None of us went to look for him. It says we love him because he first loved us. You know, we were all sinners. And the Bible says, um, for scarcely for a good man will one die. But Christ demonstrates his own love that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. To break the bat the break the bond of sin, to break the chains, to break the separation, to break the wall of separation. It says in Ephesians, he has broken down the wall of, of separation. The enmity of sin that was then crucified in his flesh upon the cross, that we could be presented to the Father by Jesus as children worthy to be adopted into the kingdom and to be given the name that comes and all the royalty that comes with that name, the prestige and the honor of the name that comes from being called children of God. First John says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. And Jesus presented us to the Father, pure and holy, without spot or blemish, so that when the wrath and the end days come, and the enemy stands up and says, get them, get them, get them, then we can send there, singing the song of redeemed, clothed in white robes, which none of us deserve, but it doesn't matter, because our righteousness isn't through our own works. Ephesians says, "For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourself, but to get to God. 
not of works, lest any man should boast. Sorry, I got distracted. I was um, looking into the chat room. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on. So, um, anyway, okay. Um, so, you know what? That's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, they're going to see the king that got distracted, and they could have just like kept their eyes on the on the yellow brick road, kept their eyes on Jesus. Which is what need, we need to do. Not be distracted by this. Not be distracted by that. Who cares what happens? Who cares what war there is? Who cares what um, what persecution? It says we all are going to be persecuted for Christ's sake. He said, but it won't be because of your own sake, but because of me that you're persecuted. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the mountain, what the war, what the war, what the enemy says. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Because we know in whom we have believed We know in whom we have put our trust in And so we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus The author and finisher of our faith You know it reminds me of the story In um, the Old Testament And Elijah had gone to this town And was with this one guy And I don't remember the whole story I have to pull it up Um, And you know The enemy Came and was encamped about them And the kids all worried and Elijah wasn't worried. Didn't seem to face him. Didn't matter what the enemy looked like. Didn't matter that death was at the door. He didn't care because he just prayed and he said, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes. Let him see. And as the kids' eyes were open and he looked at the mountains and he saw the host of heaven's armies surrounding them. Greater is he that is with us than he that is with the world. You know, like that verse says, for your since you are surrounded by so great a host of witnesses, you're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is with us than he that is with the world. Jesus said in the Garden of Eden, Do you not think that I could petition a Father and have legions of angels? How much more, brethren, for you who trust in the living God, will he not provide a way for your safety? How much will he not provide a way for your deliverance? If you call upon the name of Jesus, if you trust him, put all your trust in him, take your eyes off the thing of this world. You know, there's a song by Jason Upton, it's like, come up here. Put your eyes on heavenly things like the scripture says, not on the things of this world. The things that are spiritual are more real than the things that are physical. What happens in the spiritual realm? What happens when we pray? What happens when we intercede? You know, Jesus said, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, because God is spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, not with the eyes of the world, not with the eyes that the world sees and tries to figure out and tries to understand every little detail but we put our we put our our worship we put our lives in the spiritual realm we put our eyes in the spiritual realm and see things from god's perspective because if you don't start seeing things from god's perspective you will never understand what's going on the 
Bible says we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We can't see it, but it's real. The Bible says those who come to God must believe first that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We need to take our eyes off the world around us. The world's going to always go about like, it's good, like it goes. Ecclesiastes says, there is nothing new under the sun. Whatever is out there has been out there. It's happened before. It doesn't matter. Because we're not citizens of this world. It says, therefore, in Ephesians it says, therefore you are citizens. You are fellow citizens of the saints, members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being a chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fit, it grows into a holy temple of the Lord and a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And that's who we are. We're a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Him who said, Where is the house that you will build me? For my hands have made all things. And he desired a better house among us, who he's called to be his pure and spotless bride. Set your eyes on him tonight. Set your eyes on his ways. He says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. It doesn't matter what the world says or anybody says. It doesn't matter what you've thought in the past. For I know the thoughts that I think for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope if you'll just trust me. Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not of. If you will just trust me. It doesn't say if you just trust me, but it needs to after every verse. If you will just trust me. If you will just believe me. How many times, if you go through um, the book of Genesis, how many times did he appear to Abraham and he said, I'm going to bless you. It's my joy to bless you. Just trust me when I say something. You can't see it. You don't know what's going to happen around the corner, but put your faith and your trust in me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Let me be your path. Let me be the way that you go. Let me be the truth in your life. He told Abraham, go outside and look at the stars and see if you can count them. So will your descendants be. Abraham, who is still yet without a child. And he went out there. And he looked up at the multitude of stars that are innumerable. And he says, Okay, I trust you. I know in whom I have believed. And even when the promise hadn't come to pass yet, but he had his son. The promise was going to come through God's like take your take the promise, take him and sa- and sacrifice him to me. And Abraham was like, "Whoa, Lord! I thought you said this is the seed from whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. The seed whom the Messiah is going to come through. What are you talking about, Lord? I don't understand why you want me to do this. But okay, I'll trust you. 
because as of yet, no one had ever been raised from the dead, from what the Bible says. But yet he trusted that God could do it. And that God knew what was going to happen, even though he didn't. He knew that God had a way when there wasn't in a way. He knew the same thing Jesus said, that with men these things are impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. And so he put his trust in God, and he said, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know what's going to happen five minutes from now, but I'm going to trust you. God has never failed to live up to one of his obligations. He's never failed to live up to one of his promises. The, the words that come from my mouth will not return to me void, but they will accomplish that for which I sent them. It says that he, has, he will complete the work he started in you until the day of Christ. He said he exalted his word above his own name. Because he wants you to trust him. Someone told me once, if you're blind and you can't read the Bible, then read Jesus because he makes an amazing book. Jesus said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have lied, but you're not willing to come to me. The scriptures should point us to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus, everything, every prophecy, every word, every encouragement, everything we do and thought or deed, everything should point to him. Even the Holy Spirit, the rock, Hakodashu, Jesus said, it is to your advantage I go away, for if I do not go away, I can't send the helper to you. But if I go to the Father, I will send him. And the Holy Spirit doesn't glorify himself. He glorifies Jesus. Jesus said he will take of what is mine and declare it unto you. Everything the Father has is mine. Therefore I said he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. And he will bring to your remembrance everything I said to you. It says in First John, you don't need anybody to teach you. For the same Holy Spirit that dwells in you will teach you concerning all things. That's why Benny Hinn said when he was growing up, and he barely, he didn't really know the Lord. He said, he just said, Holy Spirit, teach me, show me. And the Holy Spirit became his best friend. The same Holy Spirit to raise Christ Jesus from the dead. That the Bible says, says dwells in us and among us. The same Holy Spirit who was there at the beginning. When the earth was, out, was without form and darkness was on the face of the earth. And as the Spirit was moving over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And in your own hearts, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the same prayer that we pray every night for the nations of this world. From one coast of this world to the other. Is God say it again, let there be light. In Albania, Canada, Russia, and Africa, and the United States, and Australia, the North Pole and the South Pole, and every island in the middle, every nation, every country, every town, every city, every village, God, let there be light. Let the name of Jesus Christ be exalted and lifted up. Let them taste and see that the Lord is good. Prayer International Radio, our call in number 
888-447-8458. If you need prayer for anything at all, please give us a call. Um, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
um, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. I'm your um, partial host, uh, Sean Holmberg. Um, so I was um, I was saying at the beginning of the broadcast, it's been a um, very interesting day. Um, actually, it's been an interesting um, month here at Prayer International Radio. Um, for all of us, um, you know, Chris, um, an amazing, 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 I couldn't tell you how amazing man of God, even when I was a young Christian, um, he was, um, one of those Christians I looked up to because of his walk and his intimacy with the Lord, um, and the character that he's always had, um, integrity that he's always had, um, the heart he's always had for the Lord. And, um, you know, for the last month, um, he's, like, actually for the last year, he's been having, like, nonstop computer issues. Um, him and his wife, Tracy, pretty much live by faith. I mean, they live their whole life, including their finances by faith. And when there's no money, I mean, they'll do anything to make money. I mean, mow people's yards, um, take out trash, whatever. And um, so his computer has been, like, he really, he's never actually had a new computer, I don't think, so he's always had to piece them together, and um, so they're always old computers that don't very, they don't last very long, and so even just like the other day, he was at my house, and um, we were building him up an old computer, and then he got it home, and immediately it died, after like not even one day, which is the lucky side of the computers, and um, so I'm not asking for money. Um, I mean, if the Lord lays it on your heart by any means to um, send Chris a computer or send him money to buy a computer, you know what, do whatever the Lord says. I don't care. Um, but more importantly, just pray. Um, and we're going to believe the Lord and trust the Lord as always that he will provide um, like he always does. Um, always, 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 like he always does. Um you know, the funny thing about that is um, we've lived a life of faith, um, me and my wife, Chris and Tracy, Paul and Olivia. Um, Paul, who's only been on the broadcast with us for the last two weeks, and, you know, I could tell you amazing stories about when I first met Paul. Um, and from appearance sake, Paul doesn't look like, he really doesn't look anything like who he really is. Um he has a big, burly voice, and, you know, the first time I met him, his laugh sort of bothered me, and his voice did too, but, man, he has such an anointing on him. He, his life so dramatically changed when he met the Lord, and he was one of those people who went full force toward the Lord, um, didn't care. He didn't have, he didn't get saved and then go to church, and um, spend years being taught what to say and what to do and what the right thing was for. He just like said, Lord, I'm going to trust you in anything. And, and he has. And to see the works of the Lord and what the Lord's done with him and through him, and it, it's unbelievable. And it's like this testimony of what faith can really do for people who um, really trust him, who don't care what happens and they don't care what people say and they just want to trust the Lord and you know, it says by his stripes we're healed. Well, I'm going to go pray for people, and they're going to get healed. And it's not, that's the thing. It's not, Paul doesn't do the whole, 
I'm going to, because he knows the scriptures, Jesus says, um, and you'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Paul doesn't do the whole, like, okay, well, I'm going to go pray for these people, and God, I'm just going to hope that you show up and do something. Paul just goes up and prays for people, and he's like, okay, well, the scripture says this, and it's going to happen, and you're going to be healed, and get out of that wheelchair and walk, and, well, well you know, the people get up and walk. And it's not because, it's not Paul, it's the Holy Spirit, and it's Jesus, and the name of Jesus, because Paul just has this blind faith to trust the Lord no matter what, and he doesn't care. And you see it so many times, and you see the Lord come through so many times, and you see the Lord faithful to his word so many times, then it's like it just becomes like a natural instinct that the Lord's going to do what he said he was going to do. And the doubt just sort of goes away because you know him. And it's not just, okay, well, there's this this, this God out there, and um he has a son named Jesus. It's like, and it's not that kind of knowing. You know, the Bible says even the, demon, the demons know him and fear. It's the knowledge that surpasses understanding, like the Bible says. When Paul said that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if I by any means may attain to the resurrection from the dead, was talked about pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's not the knowing that there's a God out there. It's that Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but friends. For a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. And he sent us the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the thoughts of the Father. He said, no one knows the thoughts of a man and the heart of a man except for the spirit of the man. And it says the Spirit searches the deep, the deep things of God and reveals them to us so that we can know the heart and the mind of the Father. And you know that's where faith really comes in. It's where belief really comes in instead. It's not you're just trusting in something you don't know. You know, the woman at the well, she said... Some say you should worship here, and some say you should worship here. And she sounded like the church nowadays, saying you should do it this way or this way. And Jesus says, we worship what we know. And we hear, and all of you, we worship what we know. We worship the true and the living God. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Rophe, our healer. Jehovah Nissi, our banner. I hope I got that last one right. If we had a message ever, it would be, I know in whom I have believed. And when you believe him and you trust him and you come into that relationship with him, then you don't mind wrestling with him once in a while. Like Jacob did. And he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And we pray and we ask, and it's like, Father, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until I see you. I'm not going to let you go until I get closer. I'm not going to let you go until I can be face-to-face with you. You know, this is my favorite verse. I say it, like, every, like, six episodes. Moses standing on the mountain, and he can ask for anything from the Lord. As close as 
any of us has ever been. And he's up there and he's like, God, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. It's about pressing in. It's about making the sacrifice. None of your money or any of that. You know, it's important because it's not your money to begin with. It's all his. You know, we could talk about tithing and what the Bible says about tithing and what, where God said, test me now in this and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you do not have room enough to receive it. And most of us sit around and we're like, okay, God, that that's Old Testament. Or we're like, okay, well, yeah, it says that, but I'm not going to do it. Or we just pretty much say, God, you're lying. I don't believe you, which is what most people say. Because if they believed him, then, then they'd be stupid not to do it. Because, I mean, this is God saying, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you can't even receive. And, you know, the Bible says he knows us. He knows every hair on our head. Um he said, I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. So if we know that God, our wildest expectations, our wildest dreams, our greatest fantasy of what we can get from God is not anywhere close to the things that he's planned for us and the blessings he wants to pour upon our lives. When he said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot possibly receive, it would be almost stupid not to do it. But that's just my opinion. And you don't have to do it. You know, God's you can do whatever you want. You really can, um, in this life because, you know, you can get as close to God as you want to. You can spend as much time with him as you want to. You make that own decision in your life, you know. Um one thing I really don't like about churches in a way, um, is, you know, there's sometimes there's things that we say when we're among Christians and there's things we say when they're out there in the world. And, you know, we know the value and the significance that eternity is pressing closer and closer and the trumpets are sounding as we speak. And the time's going to come and Jesus said the field is ripe and it's ready for harvest. And starts praying to the Lord of the harvest and labors into his harvest because the fires are coming. And the and the trumpets are sounding, and in just a short time we're going to be in eternity. And how many hundreds and thousands and millions are yet out there who have never even heard the name of Jesus? You know, one of the scriptures we have on our website was by I think it was Oswald. He said, "We talk of the second coming, but half the world has never heard about the first. I couldn't even tell you, I couldn't describe what my life would be like without him, without ever meeting him, if he would have never showed up that first day. I definitely wasn't in a hurry to find him, didn't care, didn't know who he was, and he just showed up and captured my heart like an army captures a city and laid siege to everything about me, to the fact that I'm a wasted person and life has no meaning without him. Because there is no meaning without him. None of it means anything. It's all pointless and dust blowing in the wind without him. 
with it with him this whole life takes on a new meaning. Everything is incredibly beautiful. Because you can't go anywhere without seeing his hand everywhere. You can't walk somewhere without knowing he's with you. You can't sit at a restaurant or wherever without looking around and having compassion for the world around you and having this heart from the Father that says, I wonder if they know you, Father. I know you want to know them. And you pray for them. Not because it's going to get you attention. Not because someone's going to ever know who you are. But because, you know, he said that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And sooner or later, that desire becomes your desire, and you start having the compassion of Jesus, because the Bible says, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Which pretty much means the more you're with Him, the more you change, and the more your life is changed, and the more you're in the glory, the more you start resembling the glory. Like Moses coming down from the mountain after having spent time with the Father. And his face is glowing with the countenance of him that can only be seen on those who have spent time in the presence of Jesus. You can't help but be changed. So we need new perspective. To start seeing this as something real. You know, um, me and my wife, we've talked a lot in the last couple of days because um, we're both sort of research junkies. And, you know, there's a lot of different talks about 2012 and what's it mean. And there's, if you're in the United States, there's all these supposed FEMA camps that have been set up. And there's this new bill that was passed on the 1st. Um, it wasn't really a new bill. It was actually a defense spending bill, which had to be passed anyway. But it changed some of the rules about how they detain people and what they can do. And, you know, there's those people out there that are saying now they can detain citizens and they're all preparing for what happens when they can declare martial law and which, you know, theoretically if a bunch of like nuclear bombs hit the United States and blew everything up, um, they could probably do that. And but that's neither here nor there. Go pray about it and see what the Lord tells you. And on the other hand, there's a whole lot about some other like, some other sun that's a binary star with our sun that that only like rotates every however many hundred thousand years and it could be explaining all the weather conditions and all the animals that are mass dying and the earth tilting and the very fact that while they talk about global warming and the world and the earth if you look at all the other planets and you go into NASA's website and you dig really deep in there you find out like every planet in our solar system has been heating up and even like I think it was Mars they said it was heating up but they said it was global warming too even though there's no planet no people there with SUVs but you know the point is this world is going to end either way it's going to vanish and there's going to be a new heaven and earth. There's going to be wars. Jesus said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and nations rising up against nations and kingdom against kingdom. And it said these are only the beginnings of sorrows. Times will come when men will cry for the rocks to fall on them. And you know it's coming right around the corner. 
and nobody has absolutely any clue how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, why it's going to happen, what day it's going to happen. But it's going to come. But so is he. And nobody knows when he's going to come. Nobody knows what day. That's going to be not even him because he said nobody knows except for my Father in heaven. So pretty much anybody who says that they know what, what day it's going to be and what day Jesus is going to return, then they're, then they're a liar. And the truth isn't in them because it's not what the Scripture says. And if they say, here's the Christ or they're the Christ, you know they're a liar too because Jesus flat out said they're going to say that and they're lying. Because nobody knows except for the Father. But it's going to come. And the question is, what are you doing between now and then? Are you going to be like the disciples who are standing up, staring into heaven, waiting for him to come back? Even though the Bible says, watch and be ready for you, know not what hour the Master is coming. But while you watch, be busy. Because as the disciples stood there looking, waiting for him to return, the angel showed up and said, what are you doing here? You have something to do. And we have something to do. Which is however many millions of people in this world who still don't know him. How many people that we come across in our daily lives every hour of every day who have no clue who he is, who've heard about him in passing, but don't know the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They don't know about the love of God and how it means that no matter what they've done or what they've ever done or what they're what they're doing right now, it doesn't matter because he loves them. So much that he sent Jesus to die for them. A whole world of people who are lost and hurting and without hope because the only hope is Jesus. You know, I think the time will come when Christians will start trusting him again, start believing in his word again. And they'll start going into nursing homes and hospitals and they clear out the entire hospitals because they lay hands on every person and they were healed. And they'll walk through the streets, not ashamed to carry the banner of the Lord, but defiant in the face of the army of the enemies because the one thing they have that the armies of the enemies don't is they carry the mark of the Holy Spirit, whom it says we were sealed until the day of redemption for his season. He is the seal. Of redemption for the purchased possession, which is us. And people will walk through the streets and they'll pass people in wheelchairs and crutches and whatever else and they'll look at them and the beggars on the street who ask for money and they'll say, you know what, I may not have any money, but what I do have I'll give you because I know in whom I believe. So in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk and at that point in time it won't matter if they come up with a cure for cancer because they can just trust the Lord they can just believe in the Lord Jacob really longed to be a hero But all I really wanted was a friend I'm the way, the life, the truth Tell me, Jacob, 
Uh, hi, welcome back to Prayer International. Uh, sorry for the like brief delay. I was actually still preaching, and then I guess I um, put it in the screening room accidentally. And so I had like five minutes. I don't even know exactly what all I said, but I guess the Holy Spirit didn't want you all to hear it. So, um, which is good, whatever it was. Um, but, you know, um, you know, that's the thing about this show. You know, me and Chris have been doing it, and Chris is here now, and he can testify to this. I mean, we've been doing this for a year straight, a uh, little over a year. And when we started out, we had no idea what we were doing, didn't care. Neither one of us are preachers or anything else. And, you know, we just decided, like, people need prayer. They're out there. We're going to make ourselves available. And then we found Blog Talk, and we got on Blog Talk and had to figure out Blog Talk. And if, for any of you out there who have shows, um, you know what it's like dealing with it all. And, um, you know, it, it's been an amazing um an amazing journey and an amazing experience this last year. Um, we've had breaks and long breaks, and then we've had no breaks and night after night of going through this. And, you know, it doesn't matter. Even like, I don't, not last night, but the night before, like we went through the whole thing and we started this new thing. It wasn't new. It's just people just started calling it for prayer. So we started praying for people. And, you know, the other night only like one, I think one or two people called in for prayer at the end of a two-hour episode, and, you know, it didn't even really matter because it was that one person. And, you know, we were talking about Jesus and only caring about the one, and it's true. Um, as we get closer and closer to the end. Oh, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about stuff in the end, so I probably said some stuff that I probably should have kept to myself. And But anyway... Um, you know, we decided that we were going to start doing these broadcasts, and every broadcast we would just, like, give it over to the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, Holy Spirit, we don't really care what happens. We don't care what you say. We don't care what the format is. Just do whatever and let people get saved, let people get healed, let people hear from you. And even if you take our words, yeah. jumble them up, and they hear something completely different, it really doesn't matter. You know, like Paul on the day of Pentecost, or sorry, Peter on the day of Pentecost comes outside, filled with the Holy Spirit. He starts preaching a message. Five minutes later, he probably has no clue what he said. But the Holy Spirit took everything that he said and translated it into, like, however many different languages. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, because it's not about you. Not, it's not your glory, it's his glory It's not your praise or anything it says It's not your name that's going to be great Like that song from Jason Nothing. You know the Lord doesn't necessarily Want people who are going to go out there And try to proclaim themselves and make some big ministry Or some big anything Because then you miss the point And it. it's not about you, it's about him It's about his inheritance and the saints Like it says in Ephesians It's just about the fact that he's seeking the lost Like he did with Adam and Eve Still trying to search and find them until the very end you know, we, we get on here and we preach to ourselves just as much as we say anything to anybody out there. And, you know, I mean, it's an honor for us to, like, even be doing this with ministers and some of you out there who've been doing radio broadcast and ministry far longer than we have. And so, you know, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not about our names being great. It's about his. Because the only one that's ever going to be exalted is his name. And it's, like Paul said, it's not, you're baptized in the name of Paul, or are you baptized in the name of this person or this person? No, you're baptized in the name of Christ Jesus. 
And when we talk about being unified, we need to be unified not under a banner of our own organization, but a banner of the name of Jesus. And, you know, until the church is unified, it's knowing that this whole situation of the world being saved and outreach for the world, it's never going to change because the world's still going to look at Christians and laugh at them because they have a form of godliness but denying the power that comes behind it. And so the church, for the most part, has become weak and complacent, not caring because they're so comfortable in the lives they live in. They don't understand what sacrifice really means. They don't understand the sacrifice of what disciples went through. And when Jesus said about being persecuted for your sin, I mean, persecute for, for my for my sake, you know, we barely, we, some of us don't even understand what that word persecution means. Because, I mean, we're uncomfortable if we have to get up and go like an hour, like 10 minutes down the road to go to a church on a Sunday morning. Heaven forbid someone try to stone us or kill us for our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ or we ever have to make some kind of decision that would put us out there and actually make us make this decision in front of the world that we can't turn around and change, change and take back. You know, next time you're out, I mean, it's like you're, you're next time you're out there, and the Lord's always talking about this. You're out there, and you have a chance, and you see someone, you can talk to them about Jesus on the street. Why not do it? What's the worst that's going to possibly happen? You're going to change their life, and you're going to get saved? You see someone in a wheelchair, or someone on crutches, or with a broken hand, or a tumor on them, or whatever else, and you go and say, you know what the Bible says? Lay hands on the sick, and they will recover, and by his stripes we are healed. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to get healed? Just because you decided to say, screw it, and I'm going to trust the Lord regardless of what happens. I don't care how I look. I don't care what anybody around me says. I'm going to trust the Lord. Because just maybe, he is a God that can't lie. Just maybe, when he said, I'm going to pour, open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing, he meant it. Just maybe when he said, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think, he meant it. You know, the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. You can give up all you want. You can claim that you give up all you want. You can try to make the huge sacrifices to make it look like you're doing something. But if you can't be obedient to the Lord, in obedience to the word And if you can't take the word of God And actually live on it and stand on it And breathe it and have it change every ounce of your being So that you become one with this word And it transforms your entire life So you're a living testament You know the Bible says We're living epistles written on on tablets of stone And on tablets of flesh that is the heart Which means just like God took, took his hand And he wrote your name And inscribed your name on the palm of his hand In the same way He took the pen of his finger, like in the Old Testament where he took the tablets of stone and he wrote out the Ten Commandments with his own writing on the tablets of stone. He took that same finger and wrote on your heart an impression and an inscription saying he or she is mine, says the Lord. And he put his laws on your heart and on your mind. And declared to you the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and revealed him to you and revealed the ways of the kingdom to you. Filled you with the Holy Spirit and said, this is what happens if you'll believe me. In my name, 
You'll lay hands on their sick and they will recover. So why not? What if, just what if, you trust him? So what if there's manna today? He said there was going to be manna today. And we trust him for it. But what, just what if he was serious and you go out tomorrow and there's going to be the same provision there was today? Because you decided to trust him. Because, like the scripture says, I know in whom I have believed. You know, you can see amazing things happen in this world if you're willing to trust them. The people who, the difference between those who claim they're Christians and those who walk it and live it can be evident in their actions. Decisions show them by their fruits. And I'm not trying to get down on anybody or condemn anybody because, like I said, we preach to ourselves just as much as you, but. Look at your life and see what's happening. If you want to see a move of God, get on your knees and start praying for one. Start making yourself available to the Lord. So that way when he calls, you can say, Lord, and he says, whom will I send? Like the scripture says, his eyes are running to and fro, the Lord seeking in whom he can show himself strong. And he doesn't want someone who looks like they're going to be strong. He wants the weak, and he wants the helpless, and he wants those who are humble and those who are willing to stand on their, to stay on their knees before him and just place their trust in him. Like Paul said, I came to you not with um, great words and excellence of preaching and of human knowledge, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith may not be in man but in the power of God. Because I guarantee you there's some kid, there's some little kid out there in some third world country who's been handed a Bible and is told this is the word of God. And he takes it and he trusts it. And he'll go out and he'll change an entire nation. Because he trusts the Lord and was willing to put his faith in him. And when the armies come up, he's not going to care what the armies look like. When the enemy starts speaking, he's not going to care what the enemy says. So what the enemy says something to you? Who cares? He's a liar, and he's the father of lies, like Jesus said. The Bible says that we'll look on him and wonder, how is this is this he who deceived the nations? And it won't matter what bills are due or what sickness is in your way or what mountain there is, because Jesus said just speak to the mountain and cast it down and have it be removed to the sea. If you would just have faith, the size of a mustard seed. The tiniest bit of faith and trust that this God who did everything that says the world exists and consists because of him. Everything was made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. It says in Job, if he was to withdraw his breath from the world, it would cease to exist. Everything you see, every atom and every molecule was created by him and fashioned by him and created for him and it still exists and consists and it keeps its shape and its form and its fashion because he desires it and because of him. Everything is for Jesus. It says that he has an inheritance in the saints. Anyway, so what's going on, Chris? Uh, not a lot. Just uh, just listen to you share your heart and 
asking it. Okay, well, well share your heart because there's someone that's calling in, so i got to go check on them, so I'll be right back. Well, say that one more time. Uh, there's someone that's calling in, so i got to go check and see who it is, so you okay, share yeah. your heart. Yeah, no problem. All right, well, if you're just uh, listening in, obviously uh, that was Sean Holmberg. He's hosting the show tonight and passing it over to me. My name is Chris Herzog, and uh, we'll be with you until about the uh, 12 o'clock hour. And if you're calling in, feel free, 619-638-8458. You can go to the phone, uh, dial in to listen to the show, or if you have any prayer requests, you can call in that way or go to the chat room. And as always, we have the website up, www.prayerinternational.org. And you can check out the prayer request page. And we also have the email up, which is prayerinternational at gmail.com. So feel free to check out any of those uh, avenues to get to us. We're taking prayer requests, comments, testimonies, anything that you want to share, maybe the, the Lord has put on your heart. And we're very open, you know, to just, you know, receive those, pray over those, and share uh, some of those as the Lord leads us to. So, uh, also, we just want to thank those of you that are listening tonight. You know, Sean and I, and our brother Paul, who's recently joined us on the platform. You know, everyone that is working. Uh, you know, when I say working, I, I mean you know we're serving and ministering, volunteering at Prayer International, and we're doing that to be a glory and a praise under the Lord, be an extension of the body of Christ in your life. You know, a lot of times in our journey with the Lord, we need help. We need people to point us in the right direction or coach us along, mentor us, and continually point us to the Lord and to his kingdom. I know in my life, and I know Sean in his life, and you know, throughout our, our walk with the Lord, we've laid down different mentors. Uh, different men and women of God that have inspired us, encouraged us, helped equip us. And I will say this, you know, there's nothing like getting things from God himself, you know, pressing into the place of prayer, studying the word of God, listening to the Holy Spirit, and seeking out God. You know, really, when it comes down to it, that's really what matters. You know, in this, in this spot, you know, the Lord gives us mentors. He gives us uh, what we call mothers and fathers in the faith, spiritual parents, if you will, brothers and sisters to help bear the burdens. You know, he says a friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. We need to realize, even in this kingdom walk, you know, there's a reason Jesus prayed, Father, I pray that they are one, even as you and I are one. Not only would they be one with each other, speaking of the believers, speaking of us, Christians. But that we, we would be one with God, but we'd also learn to be in unity, one with another. And I just want to share this. Uh, Psalm 133 says this. It says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Of course, I'm, I'm quoting it. I'm trying to turn to it as I start. Verse 2 says, it is like the precious ointment. Upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garment. Now, let me give you a picture. God says this. When brethren, when brothers, when his believers, his children dwell together in unity, he sees 
sees it as good and pleasant. He compares it and likens it to the anointing oil. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, a lot of times in our churches today, when we talk about bringing the anointing oil to anoint the sick, and which is scriptural, and you may not practice that in your church, but according to the book of James, it is scriptural. It tells us to, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders of the church, that they may anoint with oil and pray that, that they would be healed. What this is, is the point of contact. It's, it's a symbol, New Testament symbol, of what they do in the Old Testament. You know, when a king, a priest, or a prophet was anointed or called into the service of God, the prophet at the time would, you know, begin to declare and announce the word of the Lord over them, and they would take what they called the horn of oil, which was a ram's horn filled with olive oil, you know, special oil that the Lord had, you know, given them, the instructions to make in the Old Testament. And when they anointed someone with oil, they didn't just put a little drop on their forehead. They didn't just put a little dab on them, make the little sign of the cross on their forehead or, or however people want to do it. But they poured that oil from the top of their head. And this is the picture. Listen to, listen to verse 2. Okay, Psalm 133, verse 2. Like the precious ointment upon the head, and ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. Now what this is saying is when that oil was poured, it covered. And that oil was a fragrant oil. They had frankincense and myrrh and different spices that the Lord had commanded the Jewish people to put in this oil. So it was a very fragrant oil, perfumed oil. So this is a picture Okay, the Bible likens our prayers and our worship to incense and oil and a sweet, precious savor that comes before the nostrils of God. He also likens our unity and how we treat one another and how we are one among each other and how we not put dividing walls between each other. But he says when you get into to unity, it's good and pleasant, and I liken it to the anointing, to the powerful presence and the preciousness, the sweet savor of the anointing oil, just like it was when they poured it upon Aaron. And so when we get together in unity, the Lord sees it as a sweet savor. And what I mean by that is in this walk, yes, we need the Lord. In fact, you know, really when it comes down to it, there's no one but God. There's no one you can really trust but God. But, you know, the Lord does provide family. The Lord does provide help from on high. The Lord gives us brothers and sisters to walk with us in this journey. And you'll know that. You know, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruits. It says, know those that labor among you. You know, and that we're commanded to, you know, walk with each other and bear each other's burdens and, and pray for each other and lift each other up, encourage each other. And these are scriptural principles. These are scriptural affirmations, and even, uh, if you will, some of them are scriptural commands that are given by the Lord himself. And he says, you know, follow my example. And the reason I'm saying this is you hear us talk a lot about prayer and worship and the move of God. And I know Sean, you know, anytime he, he pours his heart out, just his, the thread of his life, 
an intimacy with the Lord that's something he practices that's something that he you know exemplifies it's something that pours out of him not only on the show but just in, in general and anytime you talk to Sean Holmberg you'll be you know right in the middle of a conversation about intimacy with the Lord a lot of times you'll hear these concepts and these truths on our show because it's something that's dear to our hearts you know, God likens the way that we treat Him and the way we treat Him in prayer and, and our protocol and the way we approach Him with thankfulness and thanksgiving and praise. But He also says this, if you're not right with your brothers and if, if you're not right with my people and if you're not right with my body and you can't even learn to forgive your enemies and bless those that curse you, then d- don't even come to me and pray. Leave your gift to the altar and and go make peace with your brother before you even come. And, and the reason I say that is there's a there's a major emphasis that Jesus emphasized and that the Lord emphasized throughout the Old and the New Testament about community and how we really need each other and how that we need to walk this thing out one with another, bear each other's burdens. And he says, you know, the way that you treat others is the way that I'm going to treat you more or less. He says... When you go visit those that are in prison, and you visit those that are in the hospital, and you bless the poor, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So what he's saying is the way that you treat others reflects in the way that you treat me. And God, in response, responds back to that. The reason I'm sharing this is Sean and I, and not necessarily directly, but sometimes indirectly, and Paul as well, um, over the last few weeks, you'll hear us talking about prayer, and you'll hear us making an emphasis on being intimate with the Lord and worshiping God and loving God with all your heart and the importance of intercession and and declaring the the word of the Lord into the earth and into people's lives and over people's lives, standing on the truth and the promise of God. And all these concepts are real. All these truths are things that we practice things that we've learned over time, things that we've, you know, through trial and error and blood, sweat, and tears and through trying to walk out the Word of God and and even at times missing it and learning through our mistakes and learning through others' successes, okay? We have tried to adopt and practice this lifestyle. And with that being said, there's a lot more to it than just praying and reading the Bible and just going to church and paying your tithes and, you know, practicing what we call fundamental Christian uh, acts of duty, which are good things to do. They're good discipline things. We need to practice prayer. We need to read the Word of God and meditate on it. We need to have community, whether it's in church or fellowships, Bible studies, you know, small groups, house churches. Christian radio, whatever it is, we need to have community on some kind of level. Okay, but more than that, we need to realize that the way we treat each other and the way we treat the people out there, the way we allow the love of Christ to come through our lives, not only to the world when we're sharing our faith or witnessing or what we call soul winning, okay, but just the way that we live 24-7, the way that they see us at work. And the way that they see us in the, if you're in, you know, the, the school system, 
or the way that they see you when you're at the 7-Eleven or the grocery store for the day and how you respond to people and how you allow the life of Christ to pour through you to others, not only your brothers and sisters, but God says even your enemies and even the heathen and even those, you know, especially those that are of the household of faith. If they're your brothers and sisters in the Lord, we're all supposed to honor our brothers and sisters in the Lord and, and bless them, help them do what we can. But we need to take a step further and not be like the Pharisees and not be like the Sadducees. We need to learn to bless our enemies, bless those that curse us, reach out to those that nobody in their in their religious minds would reach out to. Reach out to those that the world has called condemned and, and outcast and will have nothing to do with. And even those of the church has called condemned and outcast at times and will have nothing to do with. We need to be like Jesus. So I said all that to say this, is that, you know, we want to have a balance of truth on this show as we're sharing our heart, sharing the scriptures. Sometimes we may read a chapter or two of the Bible. Sometimes we may just share our heart. Sometimes we'll get people like Brother Paul out here that will just quote the Word of God is nonstop throughout, you know, the majority of the show or whatever. Uh, it'll come in different ways. You know, Sean loves to tell stories and, and pour his heart out, and the anointing works through him that way. He likes to teach the Word. You know, I like to pray and, and you know, sometimes prophesy. You know, but the bottom line is there's different elements of giftings and different elements of ministry and different types of prayers and there'll be different people that get on this platform that share their heart in different expressions but the whole thing is is we want to make a focus and an emphasis on being intimate with the Lord and loving God with all your heart and praying and worshiping God but along with that not only doing these acts of Christian ritual and tradition okay but really allowing Christ to come through us in the, the marketplace and in the workplace and in the church and in, you know, wherever we're at, the grocery stores or our neighborhoods. And so we want to just encourage everybody to let your light shine and let the love of Christ be the thing that bonds you together. Let the love of Christ be the thing that pulls you together. Jesus said they're going to know you're my disciples. You're going to know you're my people by your love and the love that you have for one another. And they'll know you love me because you walk and keep my commands. And they'll know that you're full of me because you'll be able to bless those that curse you and pray for those that despitefully use you. Okay, so, you know, these are the commands that Jesus gave us. And these are things that we all, you know, even those of us on this platform at Prayer International need to adopt and continue to practice in our lives. We want to encourage those of you listening, you know, let's let our light shine this year. Let's make a point to influence our world around us and make an impact on, you know, our neighbors, our coworkers, those that are in our churches, okay, those that shop at the same grocery stores and places that we do. Let's let the light of Jesus shine. You know, just through kind words, random acts of kindness, or being sensitive to the Holy Spirit to pray for people when they need it, or just smile and, and let people know 
the you're listening here, whatever it takes, but be sensitive to God this year and allow the Lord to work in you and allow the Lord to work through you if you're a Christian. And so really, you know, that's that's my heart tonight. just wanted to share that a little bit. And I don't know who all we have on the line. I'm not sure, uh, you know, what's going on. Uh, Sean, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Nobody on the line so, at the moment. There's someone listening, but that's it. Um, actually, let me go. Let me let's put some, let's go into some worship for a minute, and then um, we'll check the lines and pray for people, and then we'll be right back. Then. Sure. Okay. I will draw you to me. In righteousness, in justice and mercy, no
my bride
Praise Okay, well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. It is me and Chris here. Uh, it's about 10 minutes left in the show. Our call in number is 619-638-8458. Um, if you need prayer for anything, um, give us a call. Um, and I guess in the last 10 minutes, uh, I really have no idea. Um, you know what? Yeah, I do. Uh, like I said pretty much for the whole episode, trust the Lord. I mean, seriously. Um, you know, I know Chris would probably say the same, say the same thing. Um, actually, okay, let me back up. You know, if you, if you don't have a church, listen, we will do anything we can. We'll pray with you, we'll believe with you, intercede with you, weep with you, be joyful with you. Um, Hopefully the Lord will give us revelations um, and words that will actually encourage you, that will help build you up in your faith and help strengthen your um, faith and trust in the Lord. Um, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. But we can never, ever stress the utmost importance of prayer, intercession, and most of all, intimacy with the Lord. Um is where it all starts um, Going back to Literally going back to the basics Of belief in the Lord And taking the word of God And devouring it Literally having a relationship um, With the word You can't have a ministry You can't have anything Unless you have a relationship With the word of God um, You know like The Bible says to pray without ceasing But we also need to worship without ceasing, getting into a pace of our of relation of revelation of your relationship with the Lord. We're living in a present state of worship. Um you know, worship isn't just something that you do. Worship is part of who your identity is, is worshipers worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Where your lives becomes acts of worship and not just the words that come out of your mouth or the songs that you're singing, but literally every Everything you do in order to be doing it unto the Lord And continually and um, constantly and always being constantly aware Of his presence in your life As the psalmist said, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Start making a habit in your life Of continually keeping the Lord in your mind And in your thoughts and on your focus So that no matter what you're doing Whether you're out ministering Ministering or you're Just washing dishes or whatever You're continually aware of the presence of the Lord That's all around you And actively engaging the Lord At all times with everything um, You know the Bible says To um, take captivity Of every thought um, And that exalt itself against the knowledge of God And one of the best ways to do it Is continually be aware of the presence Of the Lord Um because literally you have the ability and the opportunity and the honor to fellowship with the Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's never ending nonstop. Um, and once we get to the point in our relationship where we're always like that, always aware of the Lord, it changes your outlook of everything. You don't become as shocked. You don't become as fearful of anything because... If you're constantly aware of him, then you're constantly remembering the words in the Holy Spirit can constantly um, bring to remembrance the scriptures that Jesus has spoken into your life and into your heart. Um, 
So that's uh, pretty much it. Um, as always, um, if you need prayer for something, give us a call. You can always email us at com. You can um, go to our website, which is prayerinternational.org, um, and put your prayer request there. Um, and I guess we're going to probably go out with some more worship music because literally there's really nothing better. The Bible says there, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Um, so once again, we'll be praying for all of you. We'll be back tomorrow night um, at the same time, two hours. Uh, and so your homework assignment tonight is to go spend time with Jesus. So everybody, have a good night. Good night, everybody.
Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. 
Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, oh, oh,